2: To the to that you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Michael, Kelly, and Luke, all the guys are at Ramey Motors down in Purvis. We'll be going down there in a few minutes. Uh, glad you're with us and uh, glad you're tuned in for another edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of the show today is always sponsored by our good buddies, Dickey's Barbecue Pit, what a great place to get ready for Southern Miss football. You can call them today and schedule them to cater your homecoming and uh, schedule your first uh, tailgate. Uh, every time the Golden Eagles take the field in Hattiesburg, uh, you can have the best tailgate on campus with Dickie's Barbecue. They're waiting for your call, so give them a call. We thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Going down to Remy Motors momentarily, but first we want to bring our guest for the day on. Jim Kitchen was a... Uh, Tight end for the Golden Eagles from 1993 to 1997. A Jim uh, coach J- uh, Jeff Bauer uh, recruit and player. And Jim, we're glad to have you on our show. Welcome to the Eagle Hour.
2: Man, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll tell you that music got me all fired up, and then your uh, your advertising for food got me hungry. So I'm fired <laughs> up and hungry. <laughs>
3: That's a good place to be, fired up and hungry, yes, right? Uh,
2: yeah. Absolutely. All right, tight end,
3: ninety three to ninety seven. Uh, you played uh, for the legend, uh, Coach Jeff Bauer. Uh, great years to be a Golden Eagle.
2: It was. It was a great time. We uh, we had a tough year, my, my true freshman year. That was the year we actually went two eight and one. But uh, in my opinion, uh, it was it was somewhat of a blessing in disguise. That our our our. Class, which included Rob Brown, Marshant Kenny, uh, Kendall Dunn, Car Shannon, uh, Heath Graham. You know, we, After that 2 8 and 1 season, we, we, we didn't like that. And so uh, we knew we needed to do a little bit extra to uh, make sure that didn't happen again. And you're right, we routed off a bunch of wins and then capped it off in 97 with the Liberty Bowl win.
3: Jim, what made Jeff Bauer so successful and such an iconic coach?
2: He, he was very sincere. Um, I, I felt like he was not only a coach, but he actually, he really cared about you as a person. Um, I think that he, he was that way on the field and off the field. Uh, I also think he, he allowed his coaches to do their jobs. And we had some phenomenal, uh, assistant coaches from, uh, coach Fobbs, coach Butler, uh, of course, John Thompson, uh, Dave Womack, but, uh, I mean, he, I think he, he realized that he surrounded himself with a lot of talent and gave them the, the liberty to coach the way they needed to coach. He recruited character, so the team was uh, a bunch of good, good guys, and, uh, and he, just was, he was just a great, great guy. He is a great guy and uh, really enjoyed playing for him.
3: All right, Jim, I understand you ran into Kelly Sander, who for whatever reason, and I've failed to have a good explanation, is a part of this show. You ran into him on an airplane the other day, and before I let Kelly ask you a question, did he have his hands gripped to the seat in front of him, staring out the window looking for gremlins like was on the Twilight Zone?
2: Yeah. Well, I heard this very intelligent man uh, talking behind me, uh, talking to my wife. Uh, We were coming back from Nashville, and uh, I was like, man, that sounds like a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. And, uh, and lo and behold, it was Kelly. So, uh, anyway, yeah, he was uh, coming back from Nashville from, a, from a, uh, a fantasy football draft. So, anyway, it's small world.
3: Kelly, say hello to Jim Kitchen.
1: Yeah, Bob. Hey, Jim, what's going on, babe?
2: Man, I'm just, just getting fired up for football season. Enjoy, I'm glad to be here. Yeah,
1: I'll, t- I'll tell you, some of the most shocking words I heard were from your wife on the airplane when she said, you know, my husband is right in front of me. <laughs>
2: so. It was a full and, flight. It yeah, was a full flight, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, you're a Louisiana guy, and, you know, Curly Hallman had, had you know, then coached at, at LSU a little bit later on, you know, the coach at Southern Miss then went on to, to uh lsu and this isn't necessarily about your playing days but but a lot of the the guys that followed you from louisiana you all talked to each other as athletes when when curly went to lsu true or false a lot of the guys from southern miss who kind of knew the situation were saying man don't go to lsu that thing is is not going to work out the way that they want it to yes
2: yeah that that's that's true um there were you know i i I grew up in Baton Rouge and went to Catholic high school. Uh, we, we put out a, uh, quite a few good D one players. Uh, Ward Dunn is probably the most famous. Uh, he was my quarterback at Catholic high, but, uh, yeah, Curly, Curly had a rough time. Coach Hallman had a rough time at LSU and, um, it was, it was a bad environment there at, at those, at those times. Um, they actually had players that were telling me not to go to LSU and, uh, and then, after I made the the visit to southern miss it was a it was a no-brainer but yeah LSU's environment at that time was was toxic uh, and it, it wasn't the place it is today
1: all right so going back to to your playing, your wife's a very successful uh, attorney you know a title attorney and and real estate and, and so you guys have, you guys have got it going on where did, did you guys meet at Southern miss?
2: no sir we uh so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna whisper this she is a Louisiana tech bulldog, and uh and she went to law Uh-oh. so there's there's a there's a game that we don't uh quite agree on uh one time a year, but uh she went to l s u law school and uh, I was actually living in New Orleans with Brad Hamilton who played uh he was a year older than us played fullback in southern miss and uh we lived in New Orleans together and uh anyway we we did not meet at church um we met at a, uh, another establishment but uh we were she's my wife is six one, and uh I'm around six two six three depending on what program you're reading and uh I looked around the establishment and I was the tallest guy on the place, so I figured I had a chance so that was uh, a. <laughs> That's, that's what gave me the guts to to go talk to him, Jim.
3: You're not saying they lie in programs about the size of players, are you?
2: Well, I, I you know, that, that's y'all's business. Uh, that's y'all's business.
1: <laughs> I, I
3: want to ask hey, you this. I want
2: to ask you, Jim. Yeah,
1: can I ask one more? Yeah, Bob? go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Jim and I want you talk to Southern Miss football fans who will say that in their recent memories, the Liberty Bowl game that that you played in was probably from top to bottom, side to side, the best overall football game a Southern Miss team has ever played. That's arguable, of course. What do you think about what went right that day? It was nearly a flawless football game.
2: It it, it really was, and, and I'm. I'm, I'm, go ahead and put it out there. I'm completely biased. I think our 97 team was, was fantastic. Uh, and like you said, I think we peaked at the right time. Um, but I also think, uh, we were so hungry that year. You know, the year before we had, uh, lost out on a bowl bid in that, uh, excruciating loss to Houston in that high scoring, uh, shootout. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, we lost a chance to go to a bowl and none of us had been to bowl game. And so, uh, we got to go to the Liberty bowl and uh, we just, we didn't, we weren't satisfied with just going and we were playing a team from the the then peak East, uh, Pittsburgh. And honestly, uh, we had several events with those guys and they were gigantic, uh, watching them on film. They were fast. They just, they looked like a complete, uh, you know, big time football team. And, uh, we were just we were we were not content with just being there, and uh, we actually had a, a, a small team fight earlier in the bowl bowl week preparation. So most most of the time during bowl weeks, teams are kind of taking it easy. Uh, we we were we were actually uh, scrapping uh, earlier in bowl week, so uh, we were not there to just be there. We were there to win. And uh, first play of the game, I knew that it was going to go that way. Um, we were. We were faster, we were meaner, and uh, obviously we had a better game plan. So uh, it, it showed on the scoreboard.
3: Hey Jim, before we hit the break, I'll, I'll go back to that Houston game the year before. I was actually there. Uh, that was like a double or triple overtime loss, as I recall. And it, 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 tell me if I'm right, but the game ended on like the half yard line.
2: It was it was crazy. I, I, you know, uh, I, I cannot. I can't remember. I don't know if I can't remember or if I choose not to remember. Um, but I just remember it was one, if you were not a fan of either team, it was probably one of the best games you've ever watched. Right? And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a tough one. It was actually, uh encouraged our, our our motto for the, my senior year unfinished business and uh there was no way we were going to lose the Houston that year but
3: right. hey look we've got a really short break I'd like to hold you over I've got one more question I'd like to ask you the guys down there may have one as well so uh, are you good with hanging on through a three-minute break yes sir absolutely all right Jim Kitchen former tight end for Jeff Bowers Golden Eagles on the show we're at Ramey Motors in Purvis we're going to Have plenty of time to talk to those guys as well. Going to continue our conversation with Jim right after this.
2: The, top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour, and
3: we're glad you are. Welcome back. We're at Ramy Motors in Purvis this afternoon. Going to be going down there. Dakota has joined the crew, and uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Jim Kitchen. But before we do, Michael Morgans you played that. You had that Rolling Stones music uh, as our outro. I, I'm just curious. I know you're a musician. Did you see the extraordinarily poignant last picture of Charlie Watts that was published yesterday? Uh, standing with his wife for 57 years or just a couple of weeks before his death.
4: Yes, yeah, and that's uh, <laughs> that speaks volumes. When you look at the Rolling Stones, the history of that band, uh, that he's been in there. There was another drummer before him. I think he joined in 63, but having been married since 1964, right. really not a whole lot of issues or publicity like Mick and Keith have had over the years, that's just, that's remarkable.
3: Fair to say a real gentleman of rock and roll?
4: Yeah, very dapper, as everyone said, because he always was dressed nice. In fact, there was one story I heard where uh, Mick was at a party, actually the entire band was at a party, getting a little crazy, go figure, and uh, Charlie was at the hotel sleeping, and Mick calls him up, a little inebriated, saying, "Where's my drummer?" So Charlie gets dressed in his most dapper outfit, and this is like 2 a.m. He goes down to the party, walks in, slaps Mick, and says, <laughs> "Don't call me your drummer; you're my singer," and leaves. But he met, he got dressed up and looked nice for the party, right. and then went back. To well, sleep.
3: it was a sad picture in in one sense, but it, like I say, it was very poignant. It was. Um, it was, it was quite a neat picture. I was curious to get your input. All right, Jim Kitchen is with us. Jim, I had one more question. I think Luke's got one for you, and then we're going to bring uh, the guys from Ramy's in. But as, as a guy that played on that 97 team, and, and you were really there for, for a couple of really glorious years, what has it been like for you as a former Jeff Bauer player to watch the ups and downs of the football program since his departure?
2: It it's uh it's it's been a roller coaster ride. It's uh you know, you have a lot of pride in in your in your school, in your program and uh you know, you I felt like we, we set the bar really high. Actually, you know, I, I look back to the Farve days as kind of the you know, what got me interested in Southern Miss and what my dad uh taught to me about Southern Miss and what gave Southern Miss a reputation with the nasty bunch and all that good stuff and so I felt like you know, the program has, has been climbing and we had some, some pitfalls there. It, it hurts. It really does. I feel like the program is, uh, you know, has, has, has done a lot of great things, but we've had some shortcomings. And uh, I tell you, I'm really excited about Coach Hall and what, uh, you know, the enthusiasm, the enthusiasm that he brings. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this year. But uh, yeah, I think there's a bunch of us that are, that are fired up for Coach Hall.
3: All right, guys, uh, what's left you got for Mr. Kitchen?
0: One question, Jim. Uh, I'm I'm just looking back at the offensive personnel on that 97 team. How did you even were able to touch the ball even once with Harold Shaw, Eric Booth, Sherrod Gideon, Todd Pinkston, Eddie Shaw, Kevin Hurd, and Brandon Francis? That is uh, one of the greatest collections of offensive talent on one side of the ball.
2: Yeah. So in pregame, you know, they, they throw the ball to us in pregame. That was about the only time I touched the ball. Uh, my 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 primary role was the uh, I, I primarily uh, just just blocked for Harold and Booth. You know, and I joked that the defenders would probably rather run into me than tackle Shaw. And uh, yeah, those guys those guys were beasts. But you know, they also had Terry Hardy. Who played in the NFL for uh, a number of years? Who uh, he was an unbelievable tight end. So I was I was a small tight end. Coach Cut came in and, and moved me to H back, uh, put me in motion. So I was most of the time I was lead blocking and uh, was fortunate enough to catch a few passes. Uh, that wasn't my game. I was I was just getting in the way of people for Harold uh, and
1: but really, Jim, Coach Hall now says he's going to bring that tight end position back and make it sexy again, you know, that yeah, the tight ends I, are going to be a lot more involved in the offense. How does that make you feel?
2: Well, I'm, I'm a little jealous. Uh, I would probably last maybe a half a play after three nurse, knee surgeries, but uh, to, to see the tight end being used the way it is nowadays, uh, I think I missed uh, I missed the boat on that, but uh you know, tight end is the most athletic guy on the team. I didn't know if y'all knew that. Um, <laughs> oh, but, okay. Well, yeah, I thought the punter was, but <laughs> no, I believe you. No. Yeah, punter. The punter's a close second, Luke. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do some uh, exciting things. And um, yeah, I, yeah. Back then, though, I was I was just uh, I was just getting in the way of people.
3: Well, it worked. Uh, you guys were awfully, awfully good, and uh, we're, we're grateful for the contribution that you and your teammates made to our program's proud history, and we thank you, Mr. Kitchen, for joining us on the Eagle Hour today.
2: Well, guys, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really enthusiastic about the season. I'm, I'm fired up to see fans in the Rock, and uh – yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Thank, thank you for all your
3: support. All right, Jim Kitchen, everybody. Tied in for the Golden Eagles, 93-97 to 97 on that great 97 uh, Conference USA Championship team. And now we go back to Purvis for Kelly Sander. We have the greatest baseball player in the history of Purvis, Mississippi with you. Am I correct about that?
1: Just ask him. He's sitting.
5: He's no, sitting right the here. Dakota Baker,
0: a solid top ten, definitely not the pulled his uh, pulled his hamstring in a junior high uh, bat. Was the home run derby? Is that what it was? You pulled your hamstring? Me? No,
5: no, I don't pull hammies. No. They were they were good and ready to roll for that. Um, no, I just got beat by a freshman in the home run derby. Though. That was hard enough. That's what it was. That was hard enough. Trust me. That was. Uh, but hey, uh, did y'all see where him and his brother were at state working out last week?
1: Yes, they were. Um, that's good to see. And that's the good. future of Purvis High baseball is certainly. Uh,
5: It's looking good, man. That's very exciting to
1: me. Very, very exciting. Well, one of the things that's going on here at Ramey Motors, you guys have automobiles. We do. I mean, all, all you hear around is that, that none of none of the car lots have any inventory. You guys are nope, funny. It
5: does, man, and I, and I think we took a different approach. Uh, everybody's going to auctions. Man, everything at auction is selling for four to 7000 more than a MSR, at MSRP at a new dealership, so we just do what we do. We go to Facebook, and basically we just say Luke's got his vehicle on there for sale, a white F-150, yada, yada, yada. Well, we go in there. And I don't, by the way. I know you don't, but I mean we Tony would there. get mad. Yeah, Tony <laughs> would get mad at you probably, but we would just go in there and buy from individuals. There's no lot fees. I mean, we were buying people out of leases. I mean, that's just the best way we fought COVID really in high-priced vehicles at auction is we just went to Facebook. And we've got people trading them in on tractors and stuff like that right now just because they don't want the extra note and that's been our, our go-to. is Facebook. Count them. Count them, Sander. 86 vehicles in inventory right now. We have more than most, and all
1: you our new dealerships
5: doing their entire lot. And, I mean, Ford and and we got them beat by a long shot right now. I,
1: you nearly had a record month last month. For them. In COVID. Absolutely. You know, and even with all this And it's
5: because and, everything's backed up and backed nobody up, no and, production. And this is our first month on Power Sports since COVID hit last year that we have actually run out of a lot of inventory. But now you we did just get five truckloads of tractors in yesterday, so that's going to be huge. Huge for us. Uh, Hondas are just slowly trickling in. Um, Now we got a lot of mowers, but mower season, you know, is, is dwindling down. We only got about two more months of that, and boats are all gone. We've sold out of boats. But another power sport family is
1: coming on board. At, Suzuki, yeah, yes. we do
5: have Suzuki in-house. Their street bikes have been real good. Uh, I won't, I won't say what I called them last time. The, uh, the street bikes, yes, we'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Those have sold really well. Got a Habusa in yesterday, so that's real exciting. Uh, one of the fastest production motorcycles made, and everything's slowly coming back, y'all. But it's, it's still gonna be tough for another.
0: But when months. you pull up here at Ramy Motors, I mean, I always say it's the place where you get your man card. Man card displayed on the signs because when you pull up here, of course your logo right in the middle, but surrounded by Mahindra K. Honda and Steel. I mean, it doesn't get much more. Just I mean, it made me wanted to grunt. You know, when I walked out. Like
5: I said, we've added Suzuki and uh, Husqvarna to it as well. And there's we have other other ventures that we're discussing right now. But COVID has got that kind of on halt. But we're. We're going to expand next year. There'll be some more brands you see come around January, February.
0: But I mean, good news for on the car front. We got Bob picked out. He can either get that uh, 2020 Porsche uh, Cayenne Turbo or the 2021 Cad- Cadillac Escalade. But you were telling us about a Supra over here. I think Bob would look better in the
5: Supra personally. It sounds mm-hmm. like a real mad bumblebee and it's I mean, it's quick, man. It's it's the any of those like race cars they got out there, the only thing Bob that would outrun at zero to six is the Tesla I took you for a drive in. Yeah, that was amazing. And this car right here would run it down.
3: Who would have ever it's thought really, an electric and that, and that car was... would be this quick as that? Uh, as that car and that was. was.
0: And that Michael was... and I have video evidence of our faces whenever you. <laughs> Punched it it's, out there. Um, we have a deal with the Purvis Police where yeah. we wouldn't get pulled over. <laughs> yeah. They actually, you know, really
5: and truly, as many people as come right through here, they actually know because they sit at the bottom of the hill or right here at this tire shop, and they pretty much, they pretty much know. They don't, they don't bother nobody coming to test driving. Because
4: what's the first thing you do when you get in a sports car and you're test driving? Oh, you—they need the air sickness bags in them though in the back. Let me tell you right now. And that was oh. the
5: slow one, y'all. That one. They had the, we had one with a bigger motor come in, but y'all were, it was way, I knew it wouldn't stay here long, but that one there
0: would take your breath away. It did. It did, but a lot of trucks, a lot of Fords. Looking at, you got some Tacomas, you got some Tundras, and uh, there's even a there's a Ford Mustang GT out there now. I'm yep. looking at,
5: yeah, long tube headers. I think they got that one's all. That one's got a little work done, dude. It. It's pretty pretty fun car to drive, but you know, I got the old dad dad over here, so I got to keep it classy. And
1: and more and more manufacturers are getting out of making sedans. That's
5: you know, um, who was it I was reading the other day? We a lot of people are going straight electric. In 20 years, I guarantee. you, uh. I don't know if anybody have gasoline engines no more, seriously. I hear him grunting. No, Bob's grunting back at the good. studio. And
4: is that a Monte Carlo or Grand National sitting out there? That is a at Grand National. No, I don't no, see that, many no, of That's those. a I'm car. Go right check there. that out. Go check it
5: out. All right, but Dakota, Dakota stick is. around that's and talk, talk sports with us. Is that good? Yes, sir.
3: All right, Dakota's going to join the guys there at Ramey Motors oh. down in Purvis. Going to talk Southern Miss Conference USA sports, maybe a little NFL when we come back as well. Stay with us. The Eagle Hour is rolling along.
4: Southern Miss to the top.
3: Third segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Tomorrow is the day to go have lunch. It's Catfish Friday at 4th Street Bar and Grill. And you can be sure with football season around the corner, all the big games are going to be on the TVs throughout the bar. And a great place to enjoy the fall football season four street bar and grill ben green from southern prohibition brewery on the show tomorrow jd byers play-by-play voice of south alabama joining us monday uh lee roberts will begin his weekly analysis of southern miss football beginning with us last tuesday and uh, the guys this afternoon dakota's now joined the crew down at uh at ramey motors and and kelly uh, we've got ben green from southern prohibition on you brought by the um, you brought by the new Southern uh, Miss beers today. Uh, I drank all four of them before I came on the air. Is that what I was supposed to do?
1: And 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 I I drank mine too, Bob. <laughs> have have I told you that you're my friend? <laughs> Where's mine? <laughs> really, seriously, Bob. You you are such a good.
0: friend. I thought the warble, Bob, was a te- was a, a technology connection, was a bad connection, but apparently uh, uh, I it's I think not. It's
3: just Kelly. <laughs> all right, Kelly, you got some news and uh, sports stuff for us today?
0: Before before we get to that, it, Dakota has found your uh, your car, Bob. It is a 1987 yeah. Buick Regal Grand National Turbo.
5: 45,000 original miles.
3: Really? Wow, I think really? That's all it's got. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you said, what, um, 9,000 cash? Would be,
5: um, if you put a two in front of the nine, I think they can make that work. But if you come up here and drive it, I promise you it has 85 on the dash, but there's th- that's, that's that's minimum. I mean, that's that
0: second to third gear, we're out of there. So from then
5: on, you just kind of win. I'm gonna
3: have to, I'm to come know. check. I'll that send out. you the link, that's Bob. A, yeah, that's a beautiful car, man. I'll send
0: you the link <laughs> and the, and the uh, link for financing. I'll
1: send both of those <laughs> send to you those nine days me, away yeah. from the opener. Yep. As Southern Miss heads to South Alabama next week, football coaches now really focusing on not necessarily their starters. Those have pretty much been determined. Now game prep starts actually a little bit early for the opener. It's interesting that Jim Kitchen was talking earlier in the program about Dave Womack, who was on the staff of uh, Jeff Bauer at one time. Dave Womack is the father of South Alabama coach Kane Womack, who will be – leading his jaguar troops against the golden eagles when they when they play uh, a week from saturday and so there's a lot of southern miss south alabama ties their ticket sales continuing to go well and again uh, based on the number of additional tickets that southern miss people are requesting there's a chance that that 25,000 seat stadium could sell out wouldn't that be something for both schools um, to begin the season so Nine weeks, there, nine there days, right now. They had yesterday, or I'm uh, a
0: couple days ago, they had, or no, it was yesterday, they had a what they called competition day. And it may have been Tuesday also. But um, our, our friend Charlie Luttrell from the Student Prince actually has, there's been a few announcements about some positions. So Bridge Bourgeois has retained his starting kicking mm-hmm. position, and Jack Tannehill's coming in from Oxford. You know, high school, about would he push him? Um, Stein has been some reps. It looks like Tykeem Doss has the edge over Bryson Mays for left tackle. Doss, uh, is a guy who, who, um, is you, Kelly. You know, he's about 6'7, about, about 370 is what he is. Uh, but Bryson Mays was the guy that transferred in from West Virginia that tight with Trey Lowe.
1: The only difference is he's 6'7, 370. I'm 5'7, and I was, 3'7". I was giving you that. <laughs> okay. Um, Ty
0: Keys, uh now has uh, the uh, advantage over um, Ty Webb or as the uh, as the the backup quarterback it looks like Dequan Bailey Brown who recovered from a broken ankle will probably be the Z receiver and then the most important position on the team Mason Hunt is leading the punters so that was kind of some takeaway so we have we had to have some battles and some competition battles
1: and some of those are coming out And so we're what, eight, as we mentioned, eight days away? Eight days. So um, the enthusiasm, I think, in Dakota Baker from from Ramey Motors, you talked about uh, during the commercial break, how the enthusiasm and energy that Will Hall, if nothing else, is putting forth. Uh, No, I'm glad to see that because as I grew up as a young kid,
5: the Rock was the place to be. It really was. Back when I was a kid, people didn't talk about state and Ole Miss like they do right now. It was Southern Miss. I mean, and just like I said, any anywhere or anybody anywhere anytime, man. And back then, it was awesome to go and watch them kick people's butt on the daily, man. Even when Luke was there, I mean, he was, I mean, it, that was the glory days to me, and I'm glad to see the excitement back, because people like me, I mean, look, I'm an Ole Miss fan, but I'm a Mississippi fan. I like, I mean, I, I want Southern to do just as good as anybody, but man, the energy he's bringing back this year, it, it's really good for me, because you hear people in town actually talking about it all, at the local diners, you hear people
1: talking about the buzz, and it's good. And with the game, the, the first game of any season, the coaches will always say, it's just one game. But but from a fan base standpoint, it's not no, we just need a to game. it sets the tempo. It sets the tempo, tempo for the, the and the table for the rest of the season expectations. So, look, make no mistake. There's a lot of pressure on this coaching staff to Very, it's very. I mean, this is huge for Mrs. The South Mississippi. This is big for us, man.
5: Because you go down there and you whip up on the Jags. I mean, and who do we got after that? That's kind of a Grambling And then Troy, you got. But, I mean, two, Troy two, is three. tough, man. I mean, to me, Troy is just a. And not, not. I mean, not taken away from it. They're just people that just didn't make it. to Alabama. That's my. I mean, dude, I've watched Troy have some very, yeah, but, very. But there are a lot of team. good
1: football players that. That's didn't what I'm make saying. <laughs> that's exactly
5: what I'm saying. And Troy's yeah. right there in Bama, man. So that's that's going to be another great test. And South Alabama's
1: no pushover either. I think South Al's got a good team. And remember, South Al came to the Rock last year and and really kind of started. What what, you know, what what's scary about South?
0: Alabama is that we have the same secondary and they have the same two receivers that almost put up 300 yards on us by themselves last year two guys Baker and Wayne put up uh, I think it was like 280 yards and we got the same secondary uh same guys back there and then Jake Bentley comes in he was at South Carolina he was at Utah he's going to be their starting quarterback and Kane, Kane Womack is one of the best young defensive minds in the country you know, um, and don't you feel though? And both of you guys can can share something about this. I, I guess you know there is one good thing about having a defensive coach. Um, as your head coach, because he kind of gets his offensive dude and hopefully just lets him. It doesn't happen that way in a lot of cases. But if you think, you know, with Will Hall, he's his own offensive coordinator. But when you get a guy who's a defensive specialist and he brings in his offensive guy and, and South Al has Major Applewhite, you, th- you seem like it's not going to be, you know, Womack's version of Applewhite. It's going to be Applewhite's version of Applewhite. And, and so from, from the South Alabama side, it's almost better to have a defensive coach, you know, who brings in an offensive mind. If you're going to go with defensive from the, you know, from
5: yeah, the top. Yeah,
0: I I can I can go with that some. I mean, I do, but it's
5: uh
1: I don't know, man. But there's the old adage, too, that defense wins the championships, championships. The offense sells tickets. tickets. Sure. There you go. That's I'm a firm believer in that statement. And, and look That's... at where Southern Miss is as far as needing, you know, the booster, the bolster in ticket sales and Specifically, that has,
0: that has happened. Coach yeah. Bauer was an offensive guy. Right, but we ran more conservative offense and beefed up defense and special teams, and that that's why we beefed won. Beefed up
5: defense, my, man, that was, that was the defense of days, man. The Bowley
0: brothers, man. Yeah. We didn't mm-hmm. ask Jim Kitchen this. I thought it was interesting. When you look at that the 97 defense, I mean, how did he feel <laughs> going against those linebackers and certain and those guys every day? Th- I mean, th- think about what, like, Pass scale is is going on, and they're doing scale out there. They're doing seven on seven. You got Gideon and Pinkston on Sertain and Jamar Alexander, and I mean that's and that's, that's when he wild. was Sertain.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. later on he became Sertain. You know, kind of yeah. like Anthony Dorset, Tony Dorset, yeah, and then became Dorset once he went. went I'm, to I'm the ready Cowboys. to see
5: All Ty right. Keys too. Ty Keys, I'm ready to see that. I'm <coughs> hoping he's opening day. That's going to bring. Them locals there. He's not going to be. He's, he, He's not. He, he, no. I, but
0: I mean, I, I, it's going to be. It's going to be two years for him. I mean, Trey Lowe is 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 going to be good. And that. But you're right. I mean, the fact that they've infused so much Mississippi. All right. Let, let's get this, Dakota. I'm going to give you, or if you wanted to be our over and under guy, and we're, we're not going to give solid numbers. We're going to do a half number. Give me an over or under of wins, and put us on the spot, and let's pick this for the season. Six and a half. Six and a half. Bob, over under
3: uh, wins. Is that what you said? Wins. Yeah, I, I'm I'm yes. right there. Yeah. Six and a half, maybe seven if things turn out really good.
0: So you're going over. Do You want to take the over?
3: Yeah, I'm taking over six and a half. Yeah, I think maybe seven wins is possible.
0: Dakota, yeah. I just I'll. Well, he's looking. I'll, I'll do, I'm over like all day long on six and a half. Like not even. Would you have been over if I said seven and a half? No. I'm
5: I'm over, but I'm thinking around seven and a half. That's uh, me. Because
1: I got us at eight. No. I got us at eight. Seven wins and this a half year. I'm
0: scratching my head. Six and a half I'm taking the
1: overall day long. Now, now everything would have to go right yes. for for eight win seasons. We can't slip up against yeah. the mud
0: dogs or nobody. So.
1: Right. No. But uh, but I think I think that could happen. Gotta
3: beat Alabama.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, go down there. Got to beat Bama to get that over. <laughs> I mean, you, you just got to, because right, you're gonna, because you're gonna lose to Middle Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I was, I, I was gonna say if you beat Alabama and lose to everybody else, it's still it been a great day. Uh, uh, yeah. This place here, this place here may
5: go to the ground if Alabama loses <laughs> to Southern Illinois. Hey, hey I mean, Dakota, Dakota, real as quick. long as the ch-
3: we're up against a break here, Dakota. But uh, Michael sent me a picture of the Buick. Right. Gorgeous. I'm up to nine thousand 9,950.
5: Now, if you would like to finance the rest, Bob, I've got some great financing for antique cars. Uh-huh. Um, zero down, twelve months, same as cash.
3: And Kelly can co-sign and your tag's for not me. Be anything, Bob? No, the tag will be yes, cheap. Kelly's yeah. already,
5: Kelly is actually—they'll even give you popcorn out. and a bottled water popcorn. and if a shirt. Buy, yeah, I mean, I'll put you a lawnmower in the back of that thing too.
3: Yeah, now we're talking. And you've got <laughs> oh a Subaru God. down You'll there, correct?
5: Be- hey, you want to have some fun? Let's go get in a Subaru. <laughs> Or the Supra. The Supra is even funner because you ain't got to get you ain't use that gear shifter. Just hit that automatic button and
3: you get Birkenstock like sandals uh, standard with the Subaru. <laughs> is that correct? <laughs>
5: and a straw hat.
3: And a straw. We'll be back.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
3: Fourth segment of Eagle Hour, sponsored by D One and D Bat, state of the art training facilities for athletes of every sport and kids for softball and baseball. Uh, they've got a holiday uh, camp coming up here at the end of the month, so you want to check that out. Might want to get your child involved in that, and if you're an adult just looking to improve your game, whatever your favorite sport is, they've got a training program for you. At D One Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. All right, we're at Ramey Motors in Purvis. Uh, one more short segment to go, guys. I heard y'all talking during the break. Is it true that uh, that we we're approaching a weekend where Saturday we're actually going to see some college football?
1: Five games, in fact, Bob, on the slate, and some of the some of the uh, games are conference games. Jumping right out of the gate, the I of Illinois taking on uh, Nebraska. Both of those teams now. In the Big Ten, I remember Illinois has always been in the Big Ten, but I remember when Nebraska was in the Big Eight and then the Big Twelve. But yeah, one of those Big Ten part games. of the
0: Galactic Alliance now or whatever they're <laughs> yeah. going
1: to call it. Yeah, and there's four other ones, Luke. Right?
0: Yeah, UConn or Nebraska at Illinois at noon on Saturday, then UConn and at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA. That's interesting. They're playing in the in the Rose Bowl, Conference USA, uh, UTEP. They're on the road at New Mexico State. That'll be at eight thirty Central Saturday night, and then. Southern Utah takes on San Jose State.
1: And I wanted to get your opinion, Luke, about UTEP, because there's a lot of talk out of El Paso about that this team is going to be markedly improved. Now, I know the joke would be with well, they had nowhere to go but up anyway, but that they're that they're going to be competitive in the West. I just think that's a stretch. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, dimmel has been there. This is his third year, I think. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean.
0: It's a stretch. No. <laughs> it's a stretch. They'll yep. lead the conference again in social media posts, but that's about it. I mean, they went 3 and 5 last year, but 19 was horrible. It was the one in 11 season. We've been there. Um we know what it feels like, but when you look at what they did last year, uh they they beat Abilene Christian, they beat Monroe, and they beat Stephen F Austin. They they got blown out by UTSA. They didn't play for three weeks. We were one of those, and they lost their last uh, game against North Texas. They they look pretty good against Charlotte midseason, but that was the season last year they never got any traction. Sure, yeah. I mean, I hope they're, they're a little more for maybe they can knock somebody off, you know, that, that we need them to knock off. But we'll, we'll see what they do um as they uh, will take on New Mexico
1: State and that's a game you would think that they would win. Well, you you would think, but but it'll be interesting to watch it anyway just to see how good or not they are. And technically, I guess this is still week
0: 0. Next Wednesday on September 1st, UAB will play Jacksonville State in Montgomery. I guess that's kind of a neutral site game. But uh UA, UAB will will open that that season. But yeah, Bob, we will have college football um this weekend.
3: Well, that's great to hear. I have a question for you guys. One of you may be able to answer this, uh, and I just learned this during the show. My wife and I are going uh, to a concert in uh, Alabama next month, and uh, we just got a notification, and this is an outdoor concert that you're going to have to show proof of a vaccine to get in. Is there any talk of that uh, with the South Alabama game? Has anybody heard anything of that nature? Is this a statewide mandate now in Alabama?
0: I have heard nothing, nothing of the kind. Considering that Alabama is leading the country in unvaccinated people, I'm not sure that that would probably fly
4: too much. In regard to concerts, Live Nation, which promotes these shows, decided about a month ago that they were going to require for anything that they promote or that's under their billing. So that's probably what that is. It's Live Nation, not necessarily the... And they own a lot of venues nationwide, too. So that, that's been their,
3: I got you. their decision. I got you. A
4: lot of bands not wanting to play because of that. They've pulled out just because of that requirement.
3: Well, you know, Jason Aldean um, was supposed to play in Jackson, Michael, and uh, at the amphitheater in Brandon, and he pulled out because they wouldn't require vaccinations.
4: Yeah, it's one or the other with everybody. Everyone's got their opinion, and it's going to be my gosh. Right, we got another long year ahead of us. I we think do. you're right.
0: Opening uh, opening night for soccer tonight at 5 p.m., taking on Nickel State. Southern Miss is 5-0 and in the last five years uh, with an aggregate score of 13-1. to Now, this is why it's important. Two of their previous home openers earlier this year when they had the spring season and in 2019 were against the South Alabama Jaguars, which the Lady Eagles won both of those. They'll take on the Lady Colonels tonight from Nickel State at 5 p.m., but Soccer, yeah, they set the set the tempo of the spring with that defeat of uh, of South Alabama. So maybe maybe a little prophecy there going
1: on. And we got two two Southern Miss players going up, former Southern Miss players going up against each other in an NFL exhibition game tomorrow night. Yeah, it's
0: going to be to Michael Harris and the Indianapolis Colts against Jamie Collins and the Lions. Not sure if if. I would feel like DeMichael De would. Yeah. Not sure if Collins would would play. You know they know what they've gotten
1: him. He's one of the leaders of that defense. And we joke about uh, the Bengals, uh, but Joe Burrow is going to play. He has not mm. taken a snap yet, mm. uh, but he made the decision to play in the final preseason game. It's scheduled to be against the Miami Dolphins before their opener. But he said he needed to feel he needed to feel the pressure of uh, mm. people that did not wish him well. Uh, you know, so that he can get used to <clears throat> game well, well, it's always final, a good week question.
3: in the NFL if you're going to get to play Cincinnati, so you know there are a lot of smiles on some faces in Miami.
0: Bob, here's the final question. Are you <laughs> going to come down here and feel the turbo of this? I'm
3: thinking seriously about it. Yeah, I'm going to talk to Kelly Regal, about 1987. that. 1987. Talk about Kelly, about that co-signing on the financial deal. And the, if you're good, Kelly, i mean, Kelly, Kelly's I'm got really...
0: cash in his pocket, selling the Ooh, mansion at Cambridge. Yeah, exactly the
1: right. The bank... The bank, the bank called me the other day about that loan, and I just told them I'm going to turn them down.
3: <laughs> Again, hi, huh, Kelly. Such is life <laughs> at Pinebreak. Oh my goodness! All right, uh, thanks to Ramey Motors for having that bunch down. Can't imagine why, but we appreciate him doing it. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow at one. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top.